Welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money and beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Welcome back to another episode of the Thrive in Design podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and to be listening to this very unique podcast. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your second or third or maybe 15th time listening, who knows? Welcome back. So in the last episode, we talked about building a loyal client base from the perspective of an interior product company. And it was really interesting some of the feedback that we've gotten since last week. And I really want to dive into this topic even deeper this week because building a loyal client base is very different than how it would have been two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, right? Times have changed and we've since gone through a pandemic, which has shifted us into what the world now calls our new normal, right? So we never had even the language to call it like our old normal or our now normal, the current normal, what have you. But it took disruption in our lives, in the world, in the market, in the interior design industry for us to now recognize that the normal is gone, right? What we were used to is likely never coming back and that's okay. It's just time to embrace that and figure out how we can continue on in our business and continue on making an impact on the built environment. So I'm excited to talk about this topic today of just like thriving in the new normal, right? From the perspective of an interior product company and even an A&D sales rep. So a few weeks ago, I actually watched a webinar by Think Lab where they share 10 of the biggest shifts transforming the interior design industry. If you aren't familiar with Think Lab, definitely check them out. This isn't a sponsored shout out for them, but I really love the work that they do and the research that they do in this industry, which is different from anything that I've ever seen before. They really take an in-depth look at every side of the industry, all of the changes that are happening and how to really think forward when it comes to target audiences, journey mapping, design thinking, and using all that information to really be innovative for you and your company. So back to the webinar I watched by Think Lab a few weeks ago, where they were sharing 10 of the biggest shifts transforming the interior design industry. So if you have time, you should definitely go back and research what these 10 biggest shifts were. But today I just want to like hone in on a couple of things that they shared and really dive into that a little deeper when it comes to building a loyal client base in this new normal. So before the pandemic, it is said that the average industry rep, so A&D rep, was spending 80% of their time with designers face-to-face, 80%, right? And so for me, I had been a rep in this industry for 10 years, right? And so 80% of my time definitely went to meeting with designers face-to-face before the pandemic. And I remember when I first got started as a rep, I was in New York City and I was really young, (laughs) working on my master's degree and 
I was basically like thrown into the thick of things, not knowing what to expect. I remember them telling me, okay, you have to do 25 sales calls a week. And these are our expectations. And at that point, I didn't even know what a sales call was. Like, I really thought they meant call 25 people on the phone per week. And I was like, okay, I guess I can make some phone calls. But I really had no idea that they meant to make 25 face-to-face appointments per week, which was a lot. And also was like exhausting getting on and off the subway in New York City, walking up and down the street with samples, didn't have a car the whole night, right? But the other thing that came along with that, I remember getting started in my first job as a rep and even other jobs that I had after that as a rep where they gave me a company handbook and they were like, okay, part of this, and I'm paraphrasing, part of this is that you can't use social media as a part of your job. Basically, you're forbidden from using social media during work hours. And I really thought that was preposterous. Like all of these things, they're like, okay, do 25 sales calls per week, no using social media, and everything basically has to be face-to-face. I remember thinking like, there has to be a better way that would really take advantage of some of the technology that exists, including social media. But who was I, right? Who was I? At that point, I was just a new rep. So I was just going along with the flow of how things had been for years and years and years. And apparently that had been working. So I'm like, okay, let me follow suit. And so as the years went on, I started to be a little bit rebellious, (laughs) right? And I continue, you know, meeting my quotas of sales calls and following what I need to do. And that led me to exceeding my revenue goals that I was supposed to be generating, right? But at the same time in rebellion, I was like, I'm going to use social media, right? I'm going to meet with my client base virtually if it's more efficient, right? And I just started to be rebellious. And guess what? My sales didn't go down. They actually went up because I started to embrace the digital age that we live in and also started to recognize that the decision makers were millennials and now starting to be Gen Z as well. And we operate differently than how things had been done 20 years before. And now the pandemic came a couple of years ago. And during the pandemic, This was a disruption in our industry. And all the companies, all the interior product companies, I saw panic. Some of them were like, oh my gosh, what should we do? Some of them were really good at pivoting and digitizing the experience that they had for designers and all of their client base. But at the same time they were pivoting, you have to also think about the designer's perspective, right? So they went from this face-to-face time with their reps in learning about new products, learning about technical information, to being overwhelmed with all the information that product companies, interior product companies were throwing their way to understand, okay, who is the best product company to go to for XYZ? How do I find the technical information with our order samples? Is Nicole still my rep? Who is my rep, right? Are there supply chain issues impacting the materials, right? So the designers were overwhelmed by all of this digital experience. So now we had before the pandemic where 80% of the time with designers were spent face-to-face from an industry rep perspective. 
And then we had during the pandemic where all these companies were trying to digitize the experience, but was less human centered and more overwhelming for the designers trying to sort through all the information that was being thrown at them. And now the list goes on, right, as to what was could have been overwhelming and what could have been thought out in a better way. But now we're in 2023 and now we have to think about where we're headed. And who knows if we're still in the pandemic, post-pandemic, what have you. But we do know that this is the new normal, right? That we're not ever going to go back to 80% of our time with designers being face-to-face. So I pulled in a little bit of data out of that presentation that I mentioned earlier from ThinkLab, where they surveyed lots of designers and came up with this information. So three out of four firms consistently estimated that they would be somewhere on the remote work spectrum moving forward. So they share some information on their firm's policy and their preferences, but this is the information that is based on their design firm's remote work policy moving forward. So 64% of people surveyed said they'll be working hybrid was one to four days in the office, 26% had five full days in the office and 10% said they are going to be working fully remote. So that completely shifts what we are used to, right? Before the pandemic, as I mentioned earlier today, 80% of your business was done face-to-face. So if you really do the math, that is turning everything completely on its head. And how do we now embrace this shift, right? And I mentioned earlier in that statistic too, that three out of four firms were on the hybrid or remote train, right? So I shared a lot of data within that 64%, 26%, 10%, but three out of four firms, that's 75% working hybrid or remote. That's near the 80% that we were doing face-to-face. So how do we embrace this shift? So first of all, fully embrace that we are not going back to what our normal was before. And really no one wants to go back. Millennials, and I'm speaking for all millennials here, don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. We can be effective and generate revenue and make an impact on the built environment without going back to how things were before, right? So in order to do that, you must understand that there's a few different ways of how human interactions can work moving forward. So, of course, it's going to be those face-to-face interactions, traditional interactions that we're used to. Those are not going away. They're just going to be less. There's going to be synchronous remote work, which can be us working together, the rep and the interior designer, in a virtual environment. And that could be anything from the Zooms that you're thinking of to creating a different virtual reality. That could be integrating different tools into how you're working synchronously with your client base. And then there is digital environments where the designer is serving themselves, right? So they're maybe ordering samples or navigating the website that your company has or navigating other third-party tools where they're self-serving information and the things that they need from your product company for the projects that they're working on. And then on top of that, the face-to-face traditional interactions, the synchronous remote interactions, the digital interactions where they're serving themselves. There also might be interactions where you're collaborating with the designer, but it's not synchronous, right? So 
they reach out to you, you're working on something for them, you get back to them, and you're not sitting down at the same time to work on something together, and that is okay too. So now the question becomes, with all of these different interactions that we have to consider and design and experience before, how can we create personal experiences that also integrate online and offline? So I would say that the first thing to embracing all of that and designing experiences is to really understand your customer personas. So that might look different for every interior product company and manufacturer because your personas might be a designer, it might be a principal, it might be other manufacturers that you are selling things to, selling raw materials to, or selling things to for private label. It might be contractors, it might be fabricators, it might be mill workers, who knows? But whatever customers are coming to you to do business, it's important to map out those personas to really understand what it is they need what their experiences are on a day-to-day basis, how they work through their projects, and how they interact with you. And that goes further into journey mapping those different experiences. So as you dive deeper into each customer persona, it's then important to journey map, right? I remember a few years ago, I was working uh, as an architecture design account manager in sales for a company, and I offered up the idea of journey mapping, right? We would have a meeting at least once a week, sometimes twice a week with the sales team, which was very small and mostly made up of people with leadership titles like VP of this, VP of that, VP of this. And most of the meetings would consist of each department head yelling at each other and blaming each other for different issues that were coming up. And I said, why don't we just map out the customer journey? Because that will eliminate pointing the fingers that who's wrong and who's right and you know that person could have been doing something better but if you just make everything customer centered or human centered that will bring to light all of the issues or even all of the good things that are going well right so in journey mapping journey mapping is a tool one of many design thinking tools that can be used to really understand your customer so it's intended to map out the customer's journey, right? So that could be anything from their life journey, their daily journey, what happens to them in the week. And then it also integrates how they interact with your company. So what does that journey look like for them within their day-to-day, right? So if they woke up in the morning, they brushed their teeth, they got dressed, at some point during that, did they interact with your company and how did that look? If they went to the office, they started pulling materials, they started working on a project, did they interact with your company and how did that look and what did that journey look like, right? So the important part is to map out each and every detail and every touch point that they have, especially with technology. So then you can understand what are the pain points that come about in their journey, in their day-to-day journey, and especially in their journey with your brand. And then when you see those pain points, especially if you're mapping out journeys from like real live observation, you can start to see an overlap of people having very similar experiences and then the pain points will become very evident. So when you see those pain points, then you can start designing different experiences, different products or what have you to really create a solution for the pain points that people didn't even realize they were having. 
And then within that, then you could think even further into how we can create personalized experiences that are also digital and include this online, offline experience, right? So if you truly map out that customer journey, understand how it was before the pandemic, during the pandemic, what it is like now, you can really start to hone in on, okay, what can we now leverage in order to make these experiences memorable, unique, make us stand out and continue moving forward. And with all of that, it's really important to create new ideas, test and refine and take on the concept of rapid prototyping. Because at the end of the day, now that we're in this new normal and we're navigating things, no one really knows the right answer. But if you continue to try new ideas, test, refine, and take on this idea of rapid prototyping, you'll be able to create a solution that works for your brand and your clientele. Instead of saying, okay, well, this is how we've done it for eons, or here's this new idea, let's go with that and stick with it. But rather, here's this new idea, let's see how it goes. If we learn something from it, let's refine to really move with where the future is taking us and where our client base is taking us and telling us to go. All right, so that is really the important part of navigating this new normal. And what we talked about today was really, what was it like before the pandemic? What was our old normal? What was it like when we were deep into the pandemic? And what is it like now? And what it's like now is that we're never going back to 80% of our time with designers as an industry rep or as an interior product company being face-to-face. Now, face-to-face will never go away. I think people still are going to want that human interaction, but it's important that we understand how to integrate this online, offline experience and really create experiences that are personalized and that are designed for our customer personas and the journeys that they are having on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year, and also embracing that, that will evolve. Keeping that idea of rapid prototyping, and it all goes back to design thinking, what I love so much. (laughs) So hopefully that was helpful today for you to continuously build a loyal client base in this new normal that we have in the interior design industry and beyond. So I look forward to connecting with more interior product companies, connecting with more reps as the months come along this year, and really being an aid in how you're going to design new experiences and also embrace this digital age. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design. And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveanddesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week. Thank you.